Welcome to First Things First, the weekly podcast where we talk about God, faith, and life in Shallow Water, Texas. Our podcast is a production of First Shallow Water, and you can find more information about our church by clicking on the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for joining us. Here's our pastor, Brad Miles. Hello, everyone. Welcome to First Things First, the podcast where every week we have uh, exciting, amazing, interesting people that we invite onto the podcast and we get to hear their stories. But the best thing about the podcast is that these amazing, interesting, exciting people could be your neighbors. They might live down the street from you. This is that's that's the best thing about it. So today, though, we're very fortunate because we have a guest with us today, Justin Bloss. Justin is youth minister at Tahoka. Is that yep. right? First Baptist Tahoka. First Baptist Church Tahoka, Texas. And so, uh, but the reason why we've asked him to come up, well, there's a bunch of reasons why people should know you, Justin. Let's be honest. But um, the main reason why he's on the podcast today is because Justin is going to be the speaker at our D now, uh, February 24th and the 25th. And so the 24th to the 26th. So um, if you haven't registered for D now, if your youth is not registered for D now, they need to do it now. Let's get going. Okay. Uh, because they're going to get to hang out with Justin that weekend. And we want for you guys to get to know a little bit more about Justin, right? Yes, so, sir. For so sure. Justin, tell everybody, uh, Introduce yourself to everybody. Tell everybody who you are and, and what they need to know about you. Yeah, so my name my name is Justin Blossom. I'm originally from El Paso, Texas. Okay, um, all right. Big town of El yeah, Paso. It's it a is. little bit different than where I'm at now in Tahoka. <laughs> uh, there's about a, I guess if you count all the people coming in and out from Mexico, yeah, that's uh, about a million people, I would say. And yeah. Tahoka's 2,600 people. Yeah. So <laughs> slight um, difference in population. Yeah, pretty pretty dramatic. I. Right before I came here, I was just at a stock show, so I never grew up doing any of that stuff, and <laughs> it was a lot of fun just kind of getting to see some of my kids do their thing, and oh, yeah. uh, definitely a culture shift there for me. Yeah, right. um, but yeah, I grew up in El Paso, um, grew up in a church family at First Baptist El Paso. Okay, cool. Um, and yeah, so I right now, um, I, I ended up, I played tennis a lot when I was a kid, yeah. um, and so I... I traveled around doing a lot of that. My parents supported me a lot um, to the point where I, I moved to Florida for a while. Yeah, um, and competed Playing tennis. And, mm-hmm, yeah, cool. big tennis guy. Um, and so I would do that, um, and it ended up getting me to Texas Tech. Yeah, um, and and playing there. Um, and I was I got the opportunity to play for four years. Um, it was a lot of fun. Met my wife there, Allison. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and she's with me now. And um, we also have a son named Cameron. We just had. He's almost seven months old now. Oh, uh, he's new. Our, yeah, new. very new. We we're just. He sleeps pretty good though. So we're That's we're good. pretty. I think we've gotten lucky with him. The first couple of weeks weren't something like that, but. So and a, a little bird told me that you guys are expecting again. We so, are right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're pretty crazy. You we, wasted no time we at did all, not, brother. Nope. That's. <laughs> Our first, so our first son, uh, Cameron. He's gonna. He's not even gonna be a year yet before this next one's uh, coming out. So, wow, yeah, man. they're gonna be Irish twins. We found out what that means <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty quickly. That's right. So that's right. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, I'm excited for you guys. What a neat your starting you, family, you. man. That's really cool. So, played tennis at Texas Tech. So mm-hmm. you guys had some pretty good teams then during the run during that run there's a pretty good tennis program at yeah they've they've done really good i leading up to when i was there they won a big 12 in 2016 mm-hmm. well that was their only big 12 title but um, yeah. they're really really good um we i mean we the three out of the four years that we were that i was there i didn't play a ton i was a walk-on and yeah, yeah. Uh, god i got a really awesome opportunity to play there and 
Um, but we'd, we'd made the NCAA tournament three out of the four years that we were there. It was super fun to That's just kind of be a part of that. And yeah. um, one of my most memorable times was when my, my senior year, we played against Georgia in the second round. Uh, we got a win um, in the first round, and then we got to play Georgia, and it was a packed house at their place. And yeah. that was really cool That's to be cool. a part of. So it was a good four years for sure. That's a lot of fun. That's really good. So, uh, uh, well, and I don't know. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this question, but but how did you get to youth ministry? Like, where did that come from? Yeah, so um, when I when I was when I graduated from Tech, mm-hmm. um, I um, you know I felt this call to ministry. We can get into this in a little bit, but yeah, yeah. Um, I was an intern in Lubbock at Indiana Avenue Baptist oh, Church. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. So okay. I was an intern for the youth ministry there uh-huh. and the college ministry um, called the Way. Yeah. Um, and so I got to do a little bit of both there. Yeah. Um, which was a lot of fun. And then so I did that probably about six months, seven months, um, and um, we had just moved into a new house there, um, and and. You know, I heard about this job coming open in Tohoka. Mm. Um, my boss Travis, he had, he had told me about it. You yeah. know, kind of said, "Hey, pray about this." And, sure. Um, and so we did. We took it really seriously. We brought people around us to try and you know help us make this decision, bring in all the factors, and we ended up making the move out there. Wow. Um, about five five months later. Um, yeah. You know, and it was it was it was a big decision. You know, we're moving somewhere we don't know anybody really, and right. um, we had known one or two people maybe, um, but. Um, that's that's kind of how I got there. I never thought I'd be doing youth ministry, to be honest. I got a taste of it as sure. an intern. Yeah, but. and that's kind of what spurred you into that particular mm-hmm. one. And then you end up in Tohoka, and you're the only person on staff at the church, right? And well, pretty so, soon. Um, yeah, our, our pastor left um, shortly after I'd gotten there. Yeah. Um, and so we've had an interim ever since then. He's been here about you know, a little under a year. Okay. I, I've been there a year um, for, since January 2nd. Um, and so, yeah, it's been me there full time, I guess, as, as a full time minister, the only one there. But wow. yeah, it's been interesting. It's been yeah. fun to learn and, yeah. you know, handle a lot of different things at our church, you know, that that typically a pastor would handle that's, sure. that's living there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Jim, our interim, he's really great, but he, he's in Lubbock too. Yeah. Um, and so he, he's kind of a part time. He fills the pulpit and that's cool. um, does stuff on Wednesday nights as but well. But you're holding the fort down. They're, they're I guess you could yeah. say that. <laughs> Just barely. I, I get a lot of help from, I learned what committees are and yes. I learned how to, how right. to use those and, and get help. So yeah. they've been really nice to me. So. So you come in from First Baptist El Paso. I'm assuming that that's a fairly large church. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's it's pretty big. And then Indiana Avenue while you were mm-hmm. in college, right? And then yeah, I think that would be even bigger than First Baptist. Yeah, um, yeah, in, yeah. In and, and going from there to First Baptist Tohoka probably has been a little bit of a learning curve. For oh, you. for sure. Tohoka, yep, it's a different world altogether, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's. I like it though. It's you know, it really sets you up for you know getting to know your congregation. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's it's a smaller environment and. Yeah. You know, I love the town because, like, I tell my wife this all the time. Like, I can't go to the grocery store without seeing somebody right. I know. Yeah. You know, I love that. Me too. You know, yeah. It's I, so fun. Yeah. So. And I love it. Like, I can, if I want to see everybody who goes to my church, I just go to the football game. On oh, yeah. You know, exactly. Like, oh, every, mm-hmm. all, you know, two thirds of my church is at the football that's, game at that's, least. That's how you do it. So, so, and all your kids are, you know, the same school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is makes youth ministry. A whole oh, yeah. Lot it's unique. Too. It's not, you can't get that in Lubbock. No. You know, it's, it's yeah. a little bit different. Yeah. It's, yeah. it, it's awesome. I mean, there's there's also not really in Tohoka. There's not a youth group other than ours right. too. So yeah. it's like, you know, we're we're the only option really for youth and you're the community you know, youth group. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I there's days where I'm like, okay, I wish I could have some some other youth groups helping yeah. me out, sharing the load a little <laughs> yeah. bit. But you yeah. know, at, at times it's like really fun because I get to, it's 
it, I, it, I get to meet a lot of kids and yeah. it's a lot of fun. So a lot of kids probably come to your church. The same is true here. Come to uh, first shallow water uh, and engage with our youth group that, um, that we wouldn't, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to engage with them if, if it was a different kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. They probably wouldn't wouldn't come, you know. And so, sure. so uh, we're kind of thankful for that too. It's kind definitely of a good thing. Definitely. So, okay, Justin, tell me. Uh, t- let's start off by, uh, and we d- we kind of follow the same. You know, we always yeah. like to hear people's stories. You know, let's so we kind of. Yeah. So tell me about how you came to Christ. Let's talk about. Let's talk about you know what was going on in your life. Who were the people around you? You know that kind of influenced that decision. How did that? How did you come to that point where you knew you needed to surrender your heart and your life to Christ? Yeah, I mean, so, gosh, I've shared my testimony so many times, and sometimes I still wrestle when when that moment was for me. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, but you know, growing up, the gospel is all around me. Mm-hmm. My parents had me in front of the gospel all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, my dad and, and my mom. As well as my grandpa and, and grandma, they they were always just pushing me. Yeah, I'm um, always, you know, they led a life that you know I, I looked at and I was like, okay, there's something different. They 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 live it a little bit different than, you know, people who aren't in church and stuff sure. like that. And yeah, um, but I grew up around that. I grew up at when I was at First Baptist, and uh, I think it was about when I was nine years old. Um, I you know, kind of had this conversation with my dad. You know, I was kind of wondering like, oh, what happens after this life? You know, yes, um, yeah. and, and and I. Had, um, I guess you could say I gave my life to Jesus um, in that moment. I had a, I, I prayed a prayer with my dad. Yeah. Um, and and you know, I, looking back on that, um, it's kind of hard to tell. Like, okay, was that legitimate? Was I, um, you know, was it just like because I didn't want to go to hell, sort of sure. thing? You know, was right. I always joke like I just wanted fire insurance? <laughs> is basically, I, I, you probably heard that joke before, but um, I, I like to use that one. But anyways, I I surrendered my life to Christ, I guess, and and you know, I wasn't. I could, you didn't you, know what everything that meant. Yeah, yeah. How could you? You're nine it's years hard. Old. It's hard yeah. to wrap your head around something like yeah. that, you know. And and so that's sometimes I go back to like, yeah, I think I was saved at that time, you know. Sure. Um, because I I really felt the Holy Spirit at certain parts of my life, like really pulling me, and like I, I knew my flesh was pulling me one way, and yeah. and the Spirit was pulling me another way. I felt that, and so that's at times I'm like, man, I really I think I was a legit believer, but it yeah. wasn't till. Um, a little bit later, you know, you know, I, like I said, I've got into tennis and yeah. um, sports was a huge part of of my life, um, and and it almost became too much of a big part of my life right. to where it just consumed every part of my day, every part of my week. Yeah. Um, I, you know, when I say I was involved at First Baptist, I never really went to youth on Wednesdays. I, sure. I just showed up periodically on Sundays. Yeah. Um, was not really following the Lord with everything I had. I was following tennis with everything I had. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up going to Florida. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say I was really sur- fully surrendered to the Lord, fully following him until I was um, a freshman in college. Okay. Um, and so there was all sorts of struggles um, that I've kind of gone through leading up to that, just falling into things of this world. Yeah. Um, one of those being, you know, when I was 12, I was exposed to pornography. Right. Um, I was just totally in that. I was addicted to it for about seven years of my life. Yeah. Um, and, and it wasn't until I was 18, um, 19 that I started to really get freedom from that. Yeah. Um, and so those, those are just a few, one, one of the many struggles I've had that the, the Lord has really delivered me from. Right. Um, but I would say like the moment, um, that really, you know, that I can remember, you know, not that it's about remembering a moment sure. or anything right. like that, you know, but, um, for me, you know, 
um, when, when I was in a freshman in college, you know, I, I got into the party scene. I didn't know why, you know, I knew you weren't supposed to do all these things. I knew you weren't supposed to drink and party and sleep around. Sure. Um, and I still did them, but I didn't know why we weren't supposed to do those right. things. You know, yeah. Yeah. um, I, I didn't, I, I felt guilt from it, but I yeah. also was like, okay, but this is also great. You know? Yeah. Um, you were just, you, there was just a checklist mm-hmm. of things that you weren't supposed to do. For sure. But but there was no um, there's nothing behind that for you mm-hmm. like there's yeah there's no like why behind right, it you know right. and, and um, I missed that for a while and so I I'd kind of gone full send into that that lifestyle for yeah. for about a year yeah. um, in college and um, you know I started to kind of realize you know deep down that it was it was empty yeah um, something was missing you know I would I would go I would get drunk I would do all these things and and I would just be be left empty I wasn't feeling fulfilled wasn't feeling satisfied doing these things. It's very temporary. Yeah. Um, as, as those things really are. But, um, you know, when I, at the end of that, that whole year, um, I got invited to do a, um, an FCA camp fellowship of Christian athletes camp at Texas tech. Cause I was, I was involved with, with tech. Yeah. I had my double lifestyle. I had my FCA people. I had my right. party people, you know, yeah. um, and, and I let's, so let's stop right there. Yeah, for sure. I don't want to. No, no, no. This is this is very good because here's the thing. There's there's folks listening to this podcast who that's exactly where they are. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, let's, let's do that for sure. We've got some folks. You know, uh, I, I know. You know, I know there are folks. You know, there are folks in our youth group uh, who that's where they're living. They're people mm-hmm. that you're going to interact with. You know, they for sure will come here on Wednesdays and they. And they, you know, and sometimes they're really, they got their Christian friends and sometimes they're really trying to do that, but, but they're also in, in, totally engaged in a lifestyle that's self-destructive in other ways, right? So, uh, and in other places. And then there are adults in, in the same boat, like just, you know, um, who they'll be here at church on Sunday morning, but the way that they, who they are when they're at work or who they are when they're with their friends on Saturday night or Friday night is different than who they are mm-hmm. when they're at church. So that's not, uh, I know there are folks like that, you know, and, and usually when we talk about them, people who are in that situation, we kind of do it like we're pointing our finger at them and wagging our finger and saying, hey, you're, you know, you know, but I would like for you to speak to people who are in that situation from the standpoint of a person who was in that situation yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it you would say to a person who, who, you know, who's kind of who's kind of filtering all of this out and trying to figure out, you know, and they're and they're living this double life? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that comes to my head, and, and something I've said so many times, and probably something I'm going to preach on, you know, just mention in my in my sermons at D yeah. now is like, man, I have lived both sides of the table. I've uh-huh. experienced both of it. I've gone in through all of it, and I can honestly say, like, Jesus is so much better. Yeah, a relationship with Him is so much more satisfying. Mm-hmm. I find so much more peace. I find so much more fulfillment yeah. and purpose in Him than any of those other things. Right, right, right. Because He's eternal. You yeah. know, it, it's it's very simple to me now you know it wasn't simple at the time but it's like man eternal versus temporary what are you going to choose right would you rather um, bite the bullet now and and deal with some stuff going on in your life you know and and have that relationship with the lord right it's going to last forever yeah or would you rather go the easy way and 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 find that temporary satisfaction and and regret it later yeah yeah you know and because all those things are lies of the enemy they are you know trying to just tell us hey this go this way and distract us from our relationship with god the way we're designed to live well and the other thing too you know is that though that um 
so so often when we're chasing after our own desires, the problem with our own desires is that they just they lead us to death, man. They really do. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we harm ourselves, we harm other people. You know, we uh, we just end up kind of you know creating this swath of destruction everywhere we go because uh, because we're not rooted. You know, the, Christ is life, and apart from Christ is death. So mm-hmm. if we're if we're everything that we're doing away from Christ For sure. is sowing death. You know. And, uh, and that's a tough thing, you know, to, to talk to folks about because it doesn't feel like it, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it feels like, you know what, this is not that big a deal, right? I'm just having fun or I'm just, you know what I mean? It feels like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's only with the benefit of hindsight or whatever else where you look back and see, oh no, that that was very destructive. I I hurt a lot of people, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I, I hurt myself. I did, you know, uh, For sure. and, uh, and, and, and addition to breaking the heart of God and hurting the heart of God, which is, you know, probably the biggest deal of all of it. Definitely. Right? So, um, yeah. And, but we don't talk about that a lot, you know? Oh. So, uh, yeah. and I, I think, you know, I think it, what we tend to do is just kind of try to make people feel guilty, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, but, but the truth is, man, Hey, this way that you're going, you know, you can't see it right now. But but it's destructive, not yeah. to, not just to you, you know, For but sure. to the people that are around you, and sometimes the people that you care a whole lot about. It's destructive to them. Yeah, it's hard. And and in Christ is life and hope and yeah. peace. You know, mm-hmm. chase that. You know. Yeah. So anyway, all right, that's good. So you yeah. you're in this up to your neck. You know, mm-hmm. double life. You're involved in FCA, but you're also involved in all these other things. So mm-hmm. so talk about how you're kind of working through that and what happens next. Yeah, so I, they had asked me to work this FCA camp. They had asked right. me to be to lead a small group. They call it being a huddle leader. Yes, huddle um, leader. Yeah, and, and so I was going to do that. Um, honestly, like a week or two before that, you know, I was our, I was still out partying, doing all right. this stuff. Uh, totally hypocritical right. Christian. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, I showed up. I don't know why I yeah. did, but I did. Um, and and they had a huddle leader training that whole week, uh-huh. the weekend leading up to this this FCA camp. And yeah. uh, we show up with a bunch of other college students. And um, there's multiple factors that play into this for me that sure. really changed everything. And um, one of them was the community of believers that came in. Mm. Um, you know, they weren't from tech. There were some from tech, but a lot of them were from Abilene Christian, yeah. their FCA group. And uh, just seeing the way that they interacted with each other, um, they were legit, like yeah. in their faith. You could tell that there was something different about them, mm-hmm. um, just by the way that they had fellowship with each other, the way that they knew their the word, the way they shared the gospel with people, yeah. and how they took it real personal. They internalized it, and I could tell like that there was something different after spending all this time with the people on on Saturday nights, Friday nights, yes. having these very surface level conversations in a club where people were drunk. Yeah. It's like you could just tell that there's no substance to that. Right. There was substance, just alcoholic substance. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Not not healthy <laughs> substance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, but um, anyways, I just noticed something so different about these people. Right. Um, at, at, and, and, and just seeing that paired with, you know, they brought in a guy who, who did the huddle leader training. Was, he was their leader. His name's Christian Dillard. Um, and what was funny too, is he used to live in El Paso yeah. um, and he was part of the FCA group that, you know, met at my house, my parents' house. Wow. Um, so it all kind of ties together real cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my grandpa was a huge player. Uh, he played a big part in our, our FCA group in El Paso right. that I'd be a part of, you know, here and there. But anyways, this guy, his Christian Dillard, he, um, he was just there faithfully sharing the gospel, teaching us how to share the gospel, teaching us how to share our testimony. Right. Um, and 
for some reason, like when that gospel message was was presented to me, um, and I realized, you know, the blood of Jesus, it it takes care of all my sin, it mm-hmm. wipes it all away, and I don't have to earn my way right in, in, into a relationship with God. Right. Um, it just this weight came off my shoulder. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't feel like I had to earn it anymore. Yeah. Um, and I just felt free. Yeah. You know, um, I, I didn't, I, I had all this stuff, all this baggage I was carrying, you know, from all the decisions I had made. Right. But I didn't really care. You know, I, I, I was going to deal with that, you know, later on, you know, yes. as I was maturing in my walk with Jesus. But um, at that time, I was like, man, I just want to share this with other people. And, yeah. And so yeah. that, that week, I, I did have a small group. And all, like, I, I literally spent, like, I stayed up all night, every night, just trying to, you know, get my lessons ready and, right. you know, yeah. tie the gospel into every single one that we were doing, you know. And I was just like, man, I just go back and I think about those times. And sure. um, I've got, I still got all my papers saved from when I just would stay up and prepare. And, right. Um, but it was just something that, you know, ever since then, man, I just really haven't looked back. That's um, when the switch came on for you. So mm-hmm, that, that's yeah. when you really understood what it meant to, to surrender your whole life, your whole heart and your life to Christ. For sure. Yeah. Like that, that aspect of surrender, it's like mm-hmm. you're not doing anything anymore. It's not like you're trying to earn a relationship with Jesus. Like, right. You know, being in sports, it's all about performance. It's right. all about how you can look good in front of others. It's all about mm-hmm. how you can impress a coach. But, you know, in, in my relationship with God, it's a lot different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's he has already done all the work. Yeah. It's finished. Yeah. But now because of that grace, you know, I can live from that grace. Yeah. And I can go and I want to please him with everything I can because he's paid the debt. Right. You know, a debt that I can never pay on my own. So that's that's what's changed my life. That's why I'm here today. Yeah. That's why I'm doing what I do. Yeah. So So yeah, I the, I love that because I think grace grace may be the the concept that's most difficult for people to understand. It's not hard for people, I don't think to understand if you if you act in this way, right, then God will like you, right? Or mm-hmm. if you, if you, you know, if you do perform these functions, right, then God will bless you or God will like you. That's not hard to understand. And, and, uh, and, and even other major world religions operate on that kind of a, you know, plane, right? If you, mm-hmm. here is how you please God, right? Here's how you make God like you, you know, if mm-hmm. you do these things. The concept of grace, though, is just totally foreign to us as human beings. It doesn't, it literally, it doesn't make any sense. And, and there's nothing in our DNA or in our, just the way that we normally operate. We're left our own devices that helps us understand that grace, you know, um, unmerited favor of God. Mm -hmm. Just, it, it, it's, it's so crazy and so scandalous that for some people, it's almost a barrier to the gospel. Like they cannot get -hmm. their head around the fact that, God loves them and they don't have to do, there's nothing that they can do to make him love them more or less. He loves them completely just as they are. And they cannot get their head around that, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and, but anyway, and that's a good thing for us to talk about because you know, this being in church work too, there's a, there are a lot of folks that are in church that they're coming in and out of the doors of church all the time. Mm-hmm. And other people looking at them would say, though, that person is a Christian. Right, uh-huh. but they've not ever, they've not ever really surrendered their heart to mm-hmm. Christ. They've not ever really given themselves over to Christ. They're just performing the functions. They're going through the motions of religion, but that's not the same as having a relationship with Christ, where you're surrendered and submitted to Him. That's not mm-hmm. the same thing. You yeah, know? definitely. So that's good. So talk a little bit about you. So so that was kind of the turning point for you. And 
you, you may have, you probably were became a Christian when you were nine. I would but, say so. Because the Holy Spirit clearly began to work in you at yeah. that point. You know, I think a lot of times too, like someone told me this and it really helped me out. It kind of took the pressure off because I don't know why I'd get so worked up about this. Right. You know, it's a, it's a, you know, significant thing to think about. Sure. But, you know, someone told me one time, um, you know, a lot of times we want to have this Paul Damascus Road experience. And sure. we want to know the exact day and the exact <laughs> yeah, time yeah, that yeah, this yeah. happened. We want to write it in our Bibles. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, but a lot of times God works in a much more complex way than we can wrap our head around. Yep. And a lot of us have more of a Peter experience mm-hmm. where it's like when you look at Peter's life, like this dude was just on and off. Like you, you couldn't really predict when right. like when was Peter saved, you know, like he was yeah. denying Jesus after he was saying he's gonna die for him. Right. You know, and um and so a lot of times we have that Peter experience, I think, you know, where it's you know, we don't need to always get so caught up on that one. You know, all we need to worry about is like right now I know I'm surrendered to the Lord. That's exactly I know my, my soul is leaning on the gospel. Yeah. You know, and that's that's where I find my assurance. I'm gonna talk a lot about that on at D now too. We're gonna be going yeah. through uh, James two. Um, oh, good so stuff. All it'll right. be it'll be a challenge, but it'll be a lot of fun, yeah. I think. So we you know, so many people doing this podcast, so we had forty episodes of the podcast last year. And, and uh, it was so awesome. When you're asking the same question over and over again, it's really awesome to see kind of patterns and stuff. Mm-hmm. But so many of the folks who uh, who grew up in church and grew up in, you know, their testimony would be a lot more like yours. You know, there was a moment or a time in their life, really, maybe when they were younger, when they, when they felt, you know, uh, convicted by the Holy Spirit and they mm-hmm. made a decision to follow Christ. Um, and at the time, they under, to the best of their ability, they surrendered their heart and their life to Christ. But they didn't understand all that that could mean because they were young. That, you know, and as they grew in their life, they understood more and more what it meant. And then mm-hmm. they were able to, you know. And there were other moments along the way where you know that became real to them, and and moments of surrender, other moments of surrender in their life where they, where um, where they really understood the fullness of that. So I have that conversation with people all the time. Yeah. And to me, those are the most beautiful testimonies because, um, those there folks who've kind of been through that, you, you, you're, you've been able to kind of watch the hand of God moving in your life over the period of years and years and years, the gospel kind of permeating your, the air you breathe for, you know, decades. Right. But, but, uh, other folks, you know, it's not like that. You know, they, they haven't been around the gospel at all. They've been as far away from the gospel as they could get. And then all of a sudden there's this moment in their life where, mm-hmm. you know, where they experience it. There's nothing wrong with that. That's good. But, but I love to hear these stories of people who have had the gospel knocking on them their whole life. You mm-hmm. know, I, that's, I think that's beautiful. Yeah. It's crazy too. Cause it's like, it's such a, it's simple to where a kid mm-hmm. can understand it, but it's also so complex, right? you know, and even today, like as I'm reading God's word and I'm, I'm trying to grasp this, this love story of, of God just coming down and rescuing us, you sure. know, um, you know, more and more my eyes are opened to, to how complex the gospel is as well. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 an amazing thing. How, how far reaching it is. You know, th- there's a moment where, you know, we can surrender our heart and our life to Christ and we give ourselves to him to the best of our ability. But, um, but, but then as our relationship with God continues to progress and as we continue to grow, you know, we understand more about God, we understand more about ourselves and we understand more about what it even means to surrender, you know? So, uh, and, and so that all of our, uh, of our understanding and our perspective, you know, changes as we grow and develop. So, um, so that's good stuff. Yeah. And that, I love talking t- to our older folks in our church too, because 
that's their story. You know, they, mm-hmm. they've got all these years that they can look back on and, and see, you know. That's always cool to doing. see that perspective. For yeah, sure. yeah. Okay, so um, so what are some moments since then that you've kind of felt that that's fairly recently in your life? How long ago would yeah, you say it was? I mean, it was in 2018, I believe. Yeah, so it's okay. been, you know, about four or five years now. Yeah, not that so, long ago. Yeah. So, so what, so how has God been kind of, changing you, shaping you, growing you in your faith since then? What are some, maybe some things that that you've been through or some situations where you felt yourself really being stretched and grown? Yeah, I mean, for sure. You know, the one I will say, like, right off the bat after I've had that, after I had that experience was, you know, my addiction to pornography. That yeah. that wasn't just like this, okay, I'm never doing this again. Right. I'm never going to struggle with this again right. moment, you know? Yeah. And I think that's something I really want to stress to students is like, man, this isn't just like going to go away like, like that, you know, it's, yeah. it's something that you, you really have to rewire your brain, mm-hmm. um, and, and really take action steps, practical steps to, to trying to, trying to eradicate this struggle, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and so there was, I, I did have that struggle a little bit, um, you know, in the year or so after, yeah. um, that, you know, it wasn't as frequent, but it was, it was something I was really with. wrestling with, you know, and I also didn't have, um, the church family around me. Um, and the accountability around me to fight it, you know, I was, I was kind of still by myself. I didn't really know where to go in terms of a church family. You know, I had some people point me in the right direction, but, um, you know, I definitely had to learn over time, um, how to, how to fight that, um, for sure. But that was definitely something that God helped me through, um, and got me free from, I, I, I can't remember right now, but it's, I think it's been going on like I've been free for about three years, something that I never right. thought, you know, would was be even possible. possible. Yeah. Physically possible. You know, it's just, you think about this when you're stuck in your senior, you're just like, man, I don't know how I can do this. Yeah. I was talking to the kids last night about the demon possessed man and how Jesus has power over our sin in yeah. our life, like absolute power. Yeah. And, and we don't have power over mm-hmm. it though. You know, and, and I kind of feel that with, with that, with that struggle in my life was like, man, I don't know how I can get out of this. Right. You know, it's something I've been so deep into, something I've wired my brain into for seven years. Yep. And, and by the grace of God, you know, with, with great men around me, mm-hmm. I've been able to get free and it's yeah. really cool to look back on. Um, and, and it's, it's also something I don't, you know, take for granted on a daily basis. You right. know, it's like, I'm not very above this sin, yes, you know, right. you got to fight it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, you can it can suck you all the way yeah. back in, and it's yeah. something we're gonna you know any Christian deals with sin till the day they die. That's right. You know, it's something you got to fight all the time. So, yeah. that's um, a good word, man. Yeah. Like, let me. Can we maybe let's pause and talk a little bit about that? Can we? Sure. Because I think sometimes there are probably first of all, um, pornography is just so pervasive in mm-hmm. our culture right now. It's it's I mean it's just so easily accessible and it's all mm-hmm. around us and and frankly like. You know, if you when you start talking about it, some people are like, you know, well, what do you even mean by that? You know, what what is what is that actually? You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and then other folks are like, I don't see what the big deal is. You know, mm-hmm. how is this hurting anybody else? You know, uh, and so uh, I, I want to say something about that, and then I want you to kind of weigh in sure. on it and, and, and talk about it from your experience. But because you've been talking about how pornography rewires your brain, and mm-hmm. it does. Okay, the neural For pathways. Sure. Uh, you, you know, you use neural pathways, it kind of wears a rut out and it, and you, mm-hmm. and it makes you think a certain way. Mm-hmm. And, and here's my take on it from experience in my life as well. So, uh, you know, yeah. I'm with you on that, but, uh, but my take on it is that, is that what it wires you to do is it wires you to, it wires you to see people, image bearers of God as less than it, it, it wires you to see them as objects that are meant for, for use for your gratification. 
It causes you to see people that way. And that's why it's so such a diabolical thing because, because anytime we, we begin to view other people, we objectify, that's what that word means, to see them as objects, mm-hmm. right? Anytime we objectify image bearers of God, right, then, uh, then not only does it harm them, it harms us, but it blasphemes God. <laughs> if they mm-hmm. bear the image of God, but we see we're treating them and seeing them as utilities that we use for our own gratification, our own good, then then it's it's literally a blasphemous thing to do, mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 boy, you know, you start out, you know, uh, it, it may may feel like harm, it's harmless, but it trains your brain to see people as just people that you can use, and boy, that works itself out in all kinds of ways in your life, all kinds of terrible, sure. destructive ways in your life, and so that that lie that it doesn't really hurt anybody. Just not true. Oh know? yeah. So what what do you think? What 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 are some things that you think are 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 so terrible about that particular addiction, that particular thing that you struggled with? Man, I mean, where do I start? There's so many different you know ways that it impacts the the user as well as the people involved in the industry of pornography. Yeah, right. um, we don't talk about that either. Yeah, I mean, there's you horrific. know horrific. Yeah, I just I listened to a, a story of a guy who was. Um, deep into that industry. Um, yeah. He was um, an actor in, in that industry for the longest time, and he actually won multiple awards. He was one right. of the best to ever um, be in that industry, and and he is actually an itinerant preacher now. Wow. Um, the gospel yeah. set him free. He's been yeah. restored. He, he, he's been redeemed, um, and and now he's just sharing his story to, to set people free. Mm-hmm. Um, but he described a little bit of what that industry is like, and it's um, it's very sad. It objectifies women yeah. um, and men as, as, as well. And, um, you know, it's, there's people that are enslaved in, in that too, as sex slaves, you know, yeah. they, they don't, you know, they're, they've got, um, these, these pimps that, you know, pick them up and drive right. them to these sets and they, they don't, they, they, they rely on these people for money and then they're really trapped in that industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a lot of legislation going on right now, um, to try and, you know, make this, you know, completely illegal, yeah. uh, make these websites completely illegal. I know they're making a lot of really good steps as well right now with just in terms of like Visa and MasterCard, not, um, a lot being right. allowed or that they're not allowing any charges to be made for, you know, sites for like Pornhub and yeah, stuff like that to, right. to buy any of these things and, and yeah. feed that industry. Yeah. Um, so I think some steps are being taken in, in this man that, you know, gosh, I forgot his name. I think it was Joshua Broom was his name. Uh-huh. Um, the itinerant preacher now, but he, he's taking a lot of big steps that he feels really called to that. Yeah. Um, it's just really, it was an amazing story of how God can change, um, anybody, even the people in the most deep, um, you know, parts of, of, of sin in their yeah. life, you know? Yeah. So, um, but anyways, it's that definitely the industry is where it hurts people for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and then in our own minds, man, you objectify, um, people as well, you know, for sure. Um, yeah. you know, and, and I, you know, you think that like, okay, you stop doing this and then you say it's been a year or two years, um, and, and you feel like you've recovered, but at times, you know, even, you know, my, my brain is, it, it still is you know, still yeah. unraveling itself it's from an, all of that damage that it's done over those years. Yeah. And um, it's just, an addiction, right? So like mm-hmm. you, it's a place where you always have to be careful and guarded mm-hmm. in your life. Yeah, For sure. Yeah. So that just in the way I view women, um, in all honesty, you know, you, you see them as objects. Right. Um, and then also like in my marriage, you know, like something like pornography, the amount of options that you have on certain websites to watch whatever you want. Right. It trains you, um, for variety. Yeah. Um, and, and it 
you know, in an mul- unhealthy, very destructive much. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, and it really, you know, maligns the image of marriage too, and right. God's image of what a, a godly marriage is, what it represents. Yep. Um, and, and so a lot of times it, it allows you to create, um, crave um, variety. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, it definitely has been something my wife and I have worked through over yeah. the last year or two. Yeah. Um, and we've recognized, you know, and it's, it's something that, you know, you know, God has shown us so much grace in, yeah. um, but at a lot, a lot of times too, it does, it does damage you. And you don't realize that, you know, on the front end no. too, you know, when, when I'm making those decisions at 13, 14, 15 years old, it's like, yeah, you're not thinking about how this can hurt you in the long term, Right. Um, and your own personal intimacy with your wife, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's been multiple ways that people can be harmed from it. You know, because you can easily, people make that excuse. I've made that excuse in my life. Oh, this right. isn't going to hurt anybody. Right, what's you know? the big deal? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. So let me ask you this then. So, and this would be more of a general question, um, but 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 in your life, like, it, what advice would you give to a person who was struggling with a sin, right, That with or, or with self-destructive behavior, any kind of self-destructive behavior that just seemed like it was taking them over, you know, self-destructive, addictive behavior? Um what what steps, you know, did you take? What advice would you give to a person who was really struggling with that? What are some things yeah. you would tell somebody? I would say James five sixteen: confess your sins so that you may be healed. Praise um, God! Exactly. First of all, That's, um, you if you, you keep it inside, yeah, yeah. Right. You, if you if you can't say it out loud, if you can't mm. tell somebody in detail your your what you've done, then yeah. I don't think I don't believe you're free from it. Right. Um, you know, constant confession and accountability. Mm-hmm. Who are your people around you? You know, yeah. what does your community look like? Um, I believe as Christians, we're designed to live in community. We're designed to have people all around us, sharpening us, right. checking on us. Um, and so, um, definitely that I've had um, the opportunity. One of the first times I experienced um, that accountability was at uh, a different FCA camp, actually, I, you know, got to sit down at the end of that camp with one of my buddies from ACU, the, the guys I was talking about. And, yeah. Um, he's just kind of checking in on me, you know, since, you know, I had that amazing experience probably a year and a half before that. Right. And he's like, how are you doing? And I was like, well, man, like I'm still kind of um, struggling with this stuff. And, and, you know, he'd, he had confessed the same thing too, like that okay. he was struggling with the same thing. Right. Um, and, and my eyes were just open because I had seen this guy. Um, you know, I'd really looked up to him and sure. not that I didn't look up to him anymore at all. No. Um, I even, I respected him even more like, man, this guy is really, really honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's real. And this is something I really want to keep in touch with. Um, yeah. and, and also have in my own town cause he lived in Abilene and, yeah. um, and so I, I found those guys, um, as I started to get more, um, involved in the church, yeah. um, as I found other guys having those same conversations, yep. um, dealing with the same things I was. And you, you realize really quickly when people start getting honest, you deal with a lot of the same stuff and you can really push each other towards those things. Yeah. Um, and so anyways, that's, that's kind of the main thing for sure is having believers around you yeah. confessing. And then there's something called covenant eyes um, oh, that yeah. I've used. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm yeah, sure awesome. you know what I'm yeah, talking about, yeah. but it's, it's a really cool thing. It takes screenshots of your phone, your, your mm-hmm. laptop, iPad, whatever you have that you could access, um, pornography on and, and, and you have accountability partners on it and they, yeah, they, they it sends you email them yeah. emails of all your screenshots every, every day mm-hmm. if you want. And that's just like, well, if they're going to see screenshots, why even try, you yeah, know? And exactly. I think that's a really practical uh-huh. way to, you know, cut that off. Cause if it's, if you don't have any of that, if you don't have any locks on your phone and, and your phone's just sitting there by your bedside, right. you're not even struggling at that point. It's yeah. just sitting right there accessible yeah. to you at all times. You know, yeah. I think, 
you know, you really start struggling is when you're like actually fighting it. Cause mm-hmm. the struggle is a fight. Like you're, you're not just yeah. sitting there resting and, and indulging. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> that's not a struggle. That's, that's so much so. truth there. And, and that, that so often though, the way we try to handle sin is to just try to manage it, you know? Mm-hmm. And you're right. Like at that point, you're not even struggling. You're, you know, you're just, you're just in, engaging in sinful, destructive behavior, you know? And, but that's how we want to try to handle it. We just want to try to manage it. And, uh, and, but, but if, what you try to, if you try to manage it, it will, it'll, you know, we don't, you know, we don't do that with any other kind of illness that yeah. we experience in our life, but we do that with sin, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, but you know, if, if, if a doctor, I tell people this all the time, if a doctor came to me and was like, Hey man, you have, you've got cancer, you've got some, you know, tumors, you know, I wouldn't be like, well, you know, I think I, I think I just want to see if I can manage the symptoms, hang out you know? with the, yeah. with, you know, I don't, let's don't, you know, let's don't do anything crazy here. You know, I think I can, I think I can handle this, I, you know, and I would, you know, I might miss that, you know, if you mm-hmm. took it out, I, I think I want to keep it, you know, I would not do that. Like, I would be like, let's, do you have a, uh, uh, do you have, you know, some scissors or something, right? Like, can we get yeah. this out? Like, I would just lay down right here. How fast can we get this yeah, cancer definitely. out of my body? You know, mm-hmm. that's what, how we would think of it, you know? And I, and so I think the thing the we we sometimes don't view these self-destructive behaviors, this rebellion against God. That's what sin is. We don't view it in the same way, and and we should, you know. For sure. So uh, that's good. I also like what you said. What we keep in the dark will devour us. Mm-hmm. That's true. And uh, there's a reason why James encourages us to confess because sure. he knows. That's a, what does the psalmist say that uh, that when I when whatever what I keep from when I keep things from the Lord, my bones melt away. Like that's what he's talking. About. You yeah. know, he talks about how confession is uh, is such an important part too. So that's a that's a that's good. And I think step number one um, in in recovery is to be able to to say it out loud to someone yeah. else and even realize that it's a problem to right. to begin with. Because you know, I mean, a lot of the time you're saying oh, this isn't even a big deal. Mm-hmm. Don't no need to change anything that's right you know yeah, yeah so once yeah. you realize that then you're able to take some good steps well and the thing is you will realize it like one mm-hmm. way or another like you know deep down <laughs> there too. will be yeah, yeah there will be mm-hmm. a day it's like what you said when you're 13 or 14 you're not you're not imagining that you're going to be having to have conversations about decisions you made when you were 13 and 14 with your wife when you're you know in your 20s like no one no one thinks like that for sure there, there is a day where you realize gosh these behaviors really harmed me and they really harmed other people there will that day is coming you know, Definitely. and we're all going to be accountable one way or another, you mm-hmm. know, so, uh, so the best thing is to be able to get to that point as early as possible, you know, For sure. so, so that you can experience the healing of Christ and, and, uh, and so you can be an agent of healing instead of an agent of hurt, you know, yeah, definitely, um, cause we're going to be one of those, we're going to oh. be agent of one of those things, mm-hmm. you know, so Gosh, that's good stuff, Justin. Man, that's, yes, that's really good. I'm excited to have you. Yeah, I no, it's I've enjoyed really this fun. so much. Yeah, I'm and excited. I'm excited to come come speak a little bit more too. Yeah, too. yeah. You're gonna enjoy our our, our folks too. Our, our, yeah. our students are. We have a great group of students, and, awesome. and uh, I think you'd be excited to kind of hang with them and get to know them too. And they're gonna love hanging out with you too. That'd be Sweet. really good. Yeah, I'm excited That'd for sure. Good. So, um, so one baby, one baby on the way. You know, big life change is coming for you right now. Definitely. Right? <laughs> what do you feel like God is working on you right now about? Like as your, you know, your family's growing, everything else. What's God doing right now in your life? You know, my word for last year was dependence. Right. Um, I'm definitely learning dependence. Yeah. Um, you know, having a kid is a lot harder than I imagined. Yep. To be honest, and I think that's how it is for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. it's um, a lot more amazing and a lot more difficult. Definitely. Yeah. 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 yeah there's a lot of rewards that come with that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think definitely he's, he's 
forcing me to depend on him really with a lot of different things. Just, um, you know, there's a lot of things on my plate, you know, more than I ever had, you know, I'm doing my master's right now. I'm, you know, run, helping this youth ministry and, um, I've got a wife at home, kid at home, Mm -hmm. you know, just all these different things, you know, playing in. Um, and so it's definitely caused me to, to have a better prayer life. That's for sure. And, um, depend on him. Um, and so, um, yeah, that's, I would say that's one of the main things, you know, and a lot of times too, it's, it's also exposed, um, a lot of selfishness, you know, because right now I'm, my whole life doesn't revolve around me. It never did. Yeah. Um, but you know, a lot of times, you know, that's how we're wired. We, we always say, what's in it for me? You know, how yep. can I be most comfortable? How can I, you know, what's in, what, what can I do for myself right that's now? That's our default. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, with having a kid and, you know, I learned this when I got married too, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not the only person, you know, that, that, that's, that's going up, going on in my head. You know, I, I need yeah. to be thinking about others, you right. know, and, and trying to be an others focused person and um, put myself aside, die to myself um, daily. That's something that I'm really trying to learn. I'm not, I'm not there yet, but I'm, I'm definitely, definitely trying. So that shift that happens though, with your first child, that, that transition, it, it really is the gears really grind. And because you, you know, you're used to just, man, Hey, you want to go see a movie? Yeah, let's go. And you just get in the car and go. Mm-hmm. And, and like suddenly, like literally overnight, that's not an option anymore. And there's no way that you can prepare yourself for that, right? There's, there's yeah. no yeah. way that you can really prepare yourself completely for yep. that. And I mean, as hard as it is for for us, it's way harder for our wives because mm-hmm. oh yes, the change that the change for them is even more severe. It's even a, a bigger deal for them because you know, um, you know, the, they're so much of uh, of the care of that child. Are, are things in those early days that only mom can do. And mm-hmm. so, so for for mom, it's like. I mean, I, I remember just really um, walking through that with with my wife, and 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 uh, and we were so excited to have our, our first baby. Uh-huh. But there's also these parts of your life that have really changed, and and the changes are are not always easy. And you mourn the changes a little bit, even though what you have is so glorious and good, and you're so excited about it. There's also these changes that you have to grieve a little bit, you know, because yeah. they're going away, you know, definitely. And, uh, Anyway, so I get that. I've been there, and uh, I like the way you said it. You're learning dependence because that's what you have to do. You got to just, you know, surrender all that to God and know that His plan is perfect. You know, for sure. So, yeah, I, I think what's really cool about it too is like I get to see um, other people's um, strengths too. Like with right. seeing my wife, like and how she is so tender and caring towards our son. Like, because yeah. I know I lack those qualities, you know, and yeah. I see that lack in myself, and I, I look at her, I'm like, man she's really gifted at this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just really cool to see that. And it's also cool to see, you know, from our parents too, like how they raised us and how selfless they were right. um, and making sacrifices for us. Cause you never really come to that realization <laughs> Not until, um, you, until have you have a kid. Yeah. <laughs> so I've noticed that. And then also like my view of God right. and how he views us mm-hmm. and his love for us, man, it's, I've really, I think I've benefited a lot more than, you know, the sacrifices I've made, just getting to see these things from a spiritual standpoint, yeah. um, has really, really helped me. And I, I, I love it. So no question, no question. Uh, kids are an amazing blessing. So, Definitely. so, uh, and you're about to do round two here before too long. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Real quick. <laughs> get crazy in the Bloss house. That's oh yes, sure. <laughs> definitely. We're excited. We're excited. Well, we can't wait to have you, uh, here for Disciple Now. And it's really super fun to hang out with you. Um, we, we need to do this again yes. without microphones and just hang out. These yeah, definitely. Awesome. Let's do it. But, uh, but I've really enjoyed it. And for those of you who are listening, uh, uh, just, I, we just want to say, look, there is freedom and there is hope. Like if you're struggling and if you feel like, uh, 
if you're if you're caught in something you don't feel like there's any way out of it Justin and I can both tell you from personal experience like we don't know this philosophically we know it experientially there is freedom there is hope in Christ Jesus and so uh, so step number one is to cry out to him for rescue you know and uh, because he answers that prayer every time cry out to him for rescue surrender your heart and your life to him and then find some good godly trustworthy people and talk to them and uh, and if you're looking for people like that and you're listening to this podcast, I can tell you there's a lot of them at First Shallow Water. So um, you're welcome in my office anytime. And there's a lot of folks who just will love on you and they want to hear your story and they want to help any way they can here. So if you're looking for a place where that kind of thing happens, this is that place. And we would love to have you and we'd love to have you be a part of what God's doing here. So, all right, Justin, thanks again. Awesome. Thanks th- for having me on. Thanks all you folks for listening and uh, and... Uh, we uh, make sure you listen to the previous episodes. We're excited about this new season that we're launching here too. It's going to be a great year uh, and we'll see you real soon. Thanks for tuning in to First Things First. We want to invite you to join us for worship this Sunday at First Shallow Water. You can find us at 703 Avenue J in Shallow Water, Texas. Our Sunday morning service starts at 1030 a.m. Click on the link in the description of this episode for more information about our church or if you'd just like to reach out to us. Check out the previous episodes of this podcast. Make sure you do that. We really have had the privilege of hearing some amazing stories. And make sure you check back each week for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you around town.